Yo, what's up, man? We're back. First smoke of the day. It's episode 34. We got a super special guest in the building today. You may not know this man sitting right here, but by the end of today, <laughs> you will. <laughs> it's your host, Pat Gods. I'm here with my co-host, Black Leaf. And we got a special guest, Mr. Rex from Power SI. What's up, everybody? Ooh, bro. Good. Big Rex. Good, man. How are you guys? Doing good, man. Another day in LA. Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. Bro, thanks for being Dude. a real one. No problem, my brother. For real. For real. And that goes by actions, not just words. You know Thanks, what I mean? bro. I appreciate that. You like, I haven't known you as long as this guy's known you, but he's always talked about you. And right away when we did this project, I would say Rex was the first one to reach out by way of the culture and saying, hey, I want to support whatever you guys can, you know, whatever you guys want to do. Yeah, for sure. We appreciate, homie. No, I appreciate you guys. And I saw what you were doing and our industry really needs. uh, We need the culture. We don't really have, you know, we don't have anything like this. So and you guys are real. And it's the first time we have like a real, uh, you know, media presence for this industry. So it's super cool. Well, you want to talk real. I mean, you're one of the realest. You're the first guy to reach out to most growers. I know you're the first guy to reach out to people to support. I'm just going to be honest. Like you were the first person to reach out when we said we're doing a podcast to support. I mean, like literally the first like it was it, you are the first, bro. You're very involved in the culture. I mean, that's what obviously puts you a leg above everybody, especially with brands. Yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah. I just saw what you guys were doing. And, you know, like I was, you know, starting a business at one point and, uh, you know, all my friends helped me. So when I can, you know, return that favor and help young entrepreneurs, that's what life's all about, you know? means a ton people people underestimate how much it means just to support your homies and not ask for the discount and, 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 <laughs> no, no, for real. but to also just be like yo user anything you guys need i got you uh-huh. i mean and you really mean it and it just that's what we want to say big ups bro because your journey is an unbelievable one thanks man i appreciate it people don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's been a wild ride for sure they definitely don't know the journey talk to you know talk to us about you know growing up First time smoking weed. First time the smoking beginnings. Pot. Okay. And and just know that, you know, this man's journey's not over and where you've managed to go and the amount of time you managed to go, it's fucking really unbelievable and really um it's really admiring for real. Thanks, brother. And you're keeping you're keeping the check in the culture. And that's what's so dope about your story. But without further Thanks, ado. Man. <laughs> um first time I smoked pot, I was uh God, it was my twelfth birthday. Uh, my sister's boyfriend picked me up from the house and, uh, he got me stoned and then he took me ice blocking, you know, ice blocking where you get like a, you get like, so you get like a big block of ice and then you go on top of a grass hill and then you slide down it. Wow. No, this is this at? Uh, South Orange County. I grew up in Mission Viejo. Okay. So 12 years old. Uh, that was the first time I smoked pot and, uh, I pretty much fell in love. Uh, you know. I would say by 13, I was smoking every day. Uh, wow. By 14, I was like, you know, oh, I can buy a half ounce, sell three eighths and keep the other eighth. You that know? was at 14? Smoking yeah. for free. Yeah. Do you remember what kind of weed that was that first time? It was all the- BCs when I was a kid. Yeah. In Cali now. Yeah. So okay. like I came, I'm 34. So I think I'm a little like too young for like the proper like brick packs, you know? Um, so when I was growing up, it was all BCs. It was strains like grapefruits and like cheeses. And then occasionally you'd get like something kind of bubba y, you know? Um, but so yeah, like all, kush. yeah, all BC packs for sure. Wow. And then 
if you don't mind getting into it, then where did it go from there? Like you started saying, so by 14, you were basically understood the game a little bit. A little bit. I mean, I was just trying to do it so I could smoke for free. You know, that's how it always starts. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> you know, by 18, I was like, you know, I was dealing with packs, um, moved out of the house. What you know about packs, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moved out of the house and uh, I got to work. I was working at UPS from three to eight in the morning. So then and, you went to UPS. Yeah. So I was 18. I moved out. I was working at UPS. And then I also got a job at the hydro store. And that's wow. kind of what, you know, I've always been in both sides of the industry. I learned at a really young age uh, through unfortunate circumstances that your pot money can be taken from you real quick. Uh, and you might not be able to work for a couple of years. You know, <laughs> that's, it's shit happens. You literally went on both ends. You yes. And the hydro shop. Yep. And was cultivating. And it? was cultivating. I, wow, I remember at one dude. point when I was like 19, I had three spots, but only four lights. You know, that's how it was back. Like you put a tent wherever you could. You know what I mean? And that's how I started. And then when I was 22, if you don't mind me interjecting, Rex, so you were working deals with people already back then to get a light over at someone's <laughs> spot. Yeah. So like homie would have like a wow. little space in his house and I'd be like, hey, let's put like a let's put a four by eight tent here and we'll split it. You know, and this is at what age? Uh, Like 19. Jeez, bro. It's like wow. 2005, 2006. Um, and then, yeah, when I was 22, I decided to quit UPS and go full fledged pot. I was like, I'm going to work at the hydro store. I'm going to grow weed. Uh, I believe in it. And I think eventually it's going to be a socially acceptable thing. Uh, you know, back then oh, it was it was hard to do because I'm sure a lot of people have gone through the same thing where like your families know what you do. And it sucks, you know, because they really like look down upon it. And, uh, you know, pot wasn't so socially acceptable in 2006, 2008, that whole era. People really frowned upon weed. Well, and I feel like with guys like you, you could be a successful businessman in cannabis and not tell anybody and your family looks down on you and you're actually a successful businessman. Right. So you've accomplished great things, but you can't get your flowers because it's weed. Yeah, that's for sure. sad, bro. Yeah. yeah, I get it. My family kind of came around to it, though, like a few years, you know, by the time I was like 25, everyone knew what I did and everyone was pretty like they were cool about it. You know, they weren't like 100 percent supportive, um, but they knew that I was doing what I loved and that made them happy. And now, you know, here we are 10 years later. They're like, thank God he didn't listen to us. They're like, thank you. You're, you know, you, you stuck with what you wanted to do and it worked out. So. And isn't that true with anything in life? Yeah. Focus and determination uh, equals results. Happen. That didn't happen quick, though. No. Oh, there was years where they were like, what are you doing? Uh, you know, pretty much the whole time. Yeah. Probably and, until you got the uh, a real check. <laughs> yeah. Until like, I was like situated, getting some real estate, maybe. Like, yeah. By my late 20s, they were like, all right. Like, yeah, you know. 100%. So, but, if, you know, you're, you know how your mom's always she's always going to, you know, if mom knows what's up. She's always going to worry. You know, so says Rex, you have health insurance yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what was it like from from nineteen having the tents up at the different spots and stuff? What was it like after that when you quit the job and went all in on, um, on cannabis? The first couple of years were solid. Uh, when I was twenty four, uh, I hit a little bit of a rough patch, you know, um, and just fell back on doing like all hydro stuff for a couple of years there. Um, which was great because I learned both sides of the business, you know, and um, I think that's a really it's good. It's a good thing when no matter what you're doing to have that versatility um, and, and working focus. at Yeah, working at hydro stores taught me um, 
you know, how to run a business. It gave me a lot of connections in the weed world. Um, you know, but I always loved growing. So that was always like the struggle. And at different points in my career, I would like be really focused on cultivating and then really focused on hydro stuff. Um, and then really, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Wow. And you're meeting a lot of growers at that time, too. Yeah. Tons of them. The guys that now are leaders in the industry, I'm guessing. Yeah, for sure. And so so then where does it go from there, Rex? Like 19, you're working at the hydro <laughs> yep. store and you got focused now because you had to pivot from cultivation to just focus at the grow store, yeah. which gives you full 100 percent attention. Yep. So I was doing that. And then like, oh, God, what year was it? Which was, hydro store? was? I it? was running a store. The first store I worked at was West Coast Hydro. And that was from like 2006 to 2009. A small little hydro store in Orange County. Um, and then I went to a store called Dutch Garden Supplies. And that was in Irvine. That was a bigger store. Um, still, you know, not big to today's standards, but it was a it was a bigger store at the time for sure. And you're just working there. Yeah. Managing or just I, mean, I was the manager at like yep. the end. And then after that. I went out to Riverside and I ran a store called Hydroponic Sink. And that was like, that was a big shop. Uh, they have a massive online presence. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was running that store for a few years. And then at that point, um, I was out in Riverside and I was like, all right, it's time to start growing again. I got my first spot up in Anza, um, did my first outdoor run. And that's when I really, uh, before I'd always grown inside uh, and going from indoor to doing outdoor and greenhouse. I mean, I just fell in love with growing weed outside. And was there a big learning curve as well? Or was that oh, first season sure. a home run? No, not home <laughs> runs, dude. Not home runs at all. Uh, the first couple of years were rough. Um, by year three, we were starting to get the hang of it. And, you know, like the first year was pretty, it was rough. Like we literally put up a fence. We had a trailer and we dug holes in the ground and filled them with soil. And we grew 300 plants. And you hand watered the whole cycle. Oh, yeah. And, and so you're learning. What are the first learning curves you're running into? <laughs> um bugs gophers gophers oh, bastards so gophers uh caterpillars uh just a whole new set of bugs that you've never had to deal with before uh bud rot is like Rodents. a re you know bud rot outdoors is a totally different thing than indoors you know what i'm saying so there's that and then every year so we'd like pull a harvest down build a greenhouse pull a harvest down build a greenhouse and then it got to the point like five years in where we had you know multiple properties seven greenhouses um, I partnered up with Seth from straight organics and I started straight organics LA got into the hash scene. Um, we did that for years and it was great. Could, could you slow it down a little bit? So in that cycle, so you're doing hundred percent organic growth, meaning not organics in, in flower, but I mean, organics, meaning all the money you're making goes right back into the next run. Oh, hundred percent. I think people from outside the weed industry just think like, oh, they're growing pot, they're making piles of money. And it's really not like that. Most mm -hmm. growers are living harvest to harvest, you know, and you're taking everything, trying to build your brand and build your, uh, you know, your spot or your business or get another spot or whatever it is. It's not cheap to grow, especially yeah. when you're starting. It's expensive. So, yeah, every run we were putting it all back into the farm. And you partnered with some guys you just knew, like, how did you meet the guys you were going to work with at that time? Because that's always the hard thing is like making sure you're in a good circle with good people at the to farm, start. like the yeah, employees. Yeah, um, that's fun. That's a good story. So I met this kid <laughs> in uh, Costa Mesa and he's still with me to this day. Uh, he was 18 years old and I really liked him and we hit him up and uh, we were just like, dude, you want to move to Anza and learn how to grow weed? And he was like, yeah, I'm in. So we picked him up from Huntington Beach, dropped him off in Anza, put him in a trailer. And, uh, you know, he's been with me for like, God, eight or nine years now. No Dude, way. Yeah. 
Shout out to you. Yeah, shout out Jordan. He's like my little brother, you know? We're able to get him to leave the beach. Yeah, we got him to leave the beach. And go to Anza. Yep. Holy shit. That's an accomplishment in itself. Mm-hmm. You got a good rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah for real. Sure. Eight, nine years, he's, yep. he's doing time. That's the, he's, he's dialed in by yep. now. And so so that's your team to start, and you guys are hand-watering. Then you get a greenhouse. Is it 60-foot greenhouses? Is it 100? Could you uh, walk me through the the... the to where now you're like, I know when you were crushing it, bro. Yeah, as far as the crew goes, so it was him and then, um, you know, family members, wife, just <laughs> I kept it really tight, you know? Uh, it's hard to bring in outside, you know, it's hard to find good help these days, so. No yeah. ads in Craigslist. No, no ads okay. in Craigslist for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we did that before. Yep. Yeah, we, that's why I asked. Yeah, yeah. greenhouses were kind of all over the place. It just kind of depended on where they were on the property and what we could fit. So we had like a 30 by 60, a 20 by 96, uh, a 20 by 30. Uh, we had an 8 by 40 hooper, just like a PVC hoop. Um, you know, 20 by 40. How do you find a property like that if you're a grower and you're saying, okay, I got a little bit of money and I want to find a a spot how did you find the guy that has the landlord so at this time you pretty much just i mean anza was a free-for-all um i would say 70 percent of the properties were growing so you just went to anza and you picked up a five acre spot for 150k and got to work you know (laughs) that was it Uh, (laughs) all the trailers yeah yeah you buy a house you put a trailer on it put up a fence put up a greenhouse and dedicate your life yeah, that, that's pretty much all. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I know C likes to progress through. Man, like, where does it go from there? Walk us through like that. Yeah. Was, so, what was your experience in Anza like? Anza was great, man. Uh, I love it up there. Uh, it's changed a lot over the years. It's not so friendly like it once was. Um, I would say now it's kind of like a ghost town almost. Uh, all the greenhouses are basically uh, either taken down or there there's no plastic on them and it's kind of you know the town's kind of died yeah because of the raids yeah because of the raids then also like i think like people like me like i was doing all that in hopes of getting a license up there one day um and you know ans is the perfect place for it like we had 19 acres four parcels multiple greenhouses like to me like we're like the ideal scenario for a license and the county just said you know no licensing in anza they called it the southern humble right it is the southern humble we they literally great, called it. Yeah, that. we yeah. have great weather. Uh, you're a little higher up, so it's not as hot as the rest of Riverside County. Um, but yeah, you can't get a license there. So, you know, that's the story of a Does lot of places in California. In, once licensing changed everything, um, you know, that came to an end and you're you find yourself refocusing and reshifting. Yeah. Talk about your experience working in the hydro store and, and maybe some things that inspired you to think to start your own company or your own brand and take that leap into something that is kind of kind of um intimidating to do like if you if you were to pitch me on that idea i would be like oh whoa like you know tell us about you know talk talk to us about the beginnings of power si okay Kind of where where that took you in life yeah for sure so just i was doing all at once so i was working at the hydro store I had the farms and we started power side and that was all happening at the same time. Wow. Um, so entrepreneur. yeah, the, the power side story is interesting. Uh, so I was basically approached by somebody who sold a similar product and he said, Hey, like let's start a brand together and we'll compete against each other. 
like publicly, but behind the scenes will be like laughing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, cool, sounds good. And then unfortunately, about eight months later, he went to jail. Um, and we'd already gotten sounds the sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> we'd already had we'd already had the Yo, we'll fake beef and start a company. It was huh? crazy. I've never so, heard that. I've yeah. never heard that one. So basically, we already had the product here, and he calls me and says, "Hey, like, I'll link you with the direct plug for the nutrients. You're just gonna have to pay me." So we did it, and that's how Power SI started. So it was called Power SI, and it was yep. already in the bottles when you got it, and everything. Yep. So as Power SI, we had the first original product. That's like kind of like our cornerstone product that we're the most known for is Power SI original. Um, it's monosilicic acid. So, but yeah, through my connections in the hydro world, like I already knew. And since we had a store, we had a place to start the brand. So we were yeah, selling. Exactly. Yeah. So we were in California. Know, exactly. So we started pushing it at our store and then the other stores around us kind of, you know, started carrying it. Bootstrapped all the way. Exactly. Bootstrapped all the way. But can you tell us, I mean, you were also hitting You're, up growers that you, because you were a grower. Yeah, for sure. We were hitting up growers. And at the time, you know, it's, I was really focused on cultivating. Power SI was like my other thing. It wasn't like my. Tell us what Power SI is. What does it do for your grow? So Power SI is monosilicic acid. Uh, monosilicic acid is a very bioavailable form of silica. Um and we work with a patented matrix that's uh, patented for superior absorption. And, uh, you know, I have the best source in the world for silica. So and that's really, you know, nutrients are all about bioavailability. It's not about how much is in there. It's about how much your plant can actually use. Oh, put us on game. <laughs> if this was Shark Tank, I would definitely be investing. Thanks, dude. What's your view on you know, this guy goes to jail and he's like, hey, listen, you're gonna have to pay me for this. I mean, you were I knew like, what I knew what the product was ooh. and I knew I knew it was going to be I knew it was going to take time, but I knew it was worth it. So we made it happen, you know, and that was that that was that you paid one time. You were it was over. Like a, it was over a period. Cool. Yep. Made it happen. However yep. you needed to took about a year. But he knew he needed to step back and you still well, he in. had no choice. You know, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> it was either yeah. he gets nothing or, yeah. you know, he's he's gone. So, uh, man. And then you had now you have the hard work to do. Yep. You got product on your hands. I know everyone knows what that's like that you owe for. Yeah. And you got to build a company and brand. That yeah. You know, is fire for how, sure. How does that work? You know, you're selling a bottled nutrient. This is the, the product. Yep. For anyone wondering at home. RSI original, it's available at all grow gins, but how does that work? I mean, when you're bringing something like this to market, like what are you focusing on? Like, and, and now that you bought this guy out, it's yeah. all on you. I had a partner at the time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we had the hydro store and we were selling, you know, we started, like I said, we started at our hydro store and then we made like a little noise in SoCal and then we got picked up by a distributor um, and they started selling it all over the country. Um, how did that work? Uh, so distributors, you basically you give them an exclusive. They take your product and they go sell it to hydro stores all over the place. Um, and so it's basically like make enough noise to get someone's exactly. attention and then work with the right distributor to help. At you least kinda... that's the plan. So, you. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there a plot twist? Yeah. So <laughs> one point, um, so me and my partner uh, split up um, and then I decided that my distributor um, I wasn't happy with like they a lot of these distributors they get your product and they don't really push it. They put it in the catalog and it just sits there. Sounds so, like all these hustlers out here. <laughs> so <laughs> at one point I uh decided to end the distribution, and that's right when I stopped growing in Anza. 
Um, and I just hit the road for two years. I went to every state, every grower. I took That's over what the I'm inst- fucking talking about. Yeah, I took over the I took over the Instagram. Um, and I literally just flew. I was on a plane three times a month, flying to every state, talking to every grower, re- DMing growers. You know, fifty of them a day, getting the product in their hands, and they'd see the results, and they would just spread the word. You know. You have a fire product. That's what's key too. Yeah. You have the best silica in the market. And I stand by that. I have not used another one. I haven't ventured out. Every grower I know who rocks, who really cares, they don't, it's not, oh, a penny pinching. It's, yo, I want the best products for my garden. Yeah. It's your silica, bro. Power yeah. side. Thanks, man. Uh, that's what we pride ourselves on. And like, I think I really take my time when we come out with new products. Like Power Side Bloom, we spent three years making it, six different iterations on the formula. And I was able to work with, you know, Planet Hash and Zen Extracts and all these guys. So I could tell what was happening in the garden, but I wanted to know what happened when the when, once it got extracted, you know, and that's where, you know, that's really important for a lot of growers. So we were able to tweak the product based on hash yields and make sure that it was wow. increasing resin production, uh, increasing terpene production, all that kind of stuff that growers are looking for in a flower additive. So Power Side Bloom really put us on the map as far like I think when that product came out, people were like, oh, shit, like, you know, these guys are making like a bunch of, you know, they're making serious products. Your job didn't end when you made the sale. The, your job ended when you were able to actually smoke the product and be like, my product made this better. A hundred percent. Wow. Honestly. Yeah. Wow, bro. Yeah. I think that's kind of what separate like a lot of nutrient companies. It's about getting the like getting it the whole line to market as quickly as possible, which I totally understand and I appreciate it. But that's just it wasn't my philosophy because I liked that with Power SI, like I wanted to be able to work with everybody, you know, versus other nutrient companies. It's like, oh, like you, this is our company. Don't use that. Don't use this. You know what I mean? So I was like, cool. I'm gonna make something that's like sweet, universal. Like whatever you're using, you just add Power SI to it. Your garden will perform better. And that also allowed us to be cool with everybody, which was great because a lot of nutrient companies don't get like the love from all the other brands in the industry. And we do. And there was a time you didn't. Yeah, for sure. Do you mind us telling us, walking us through that? So you hit the market, you're crushing it. You're (laughs) hitting it. I mean, my local, every grow store you're in. You're putting in a a lot of footwork. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't have any reps for like a year and a half. It was me. How long was it from the time you split with your partner? Now you bought the company from... You bought the connection. I bought partner, the connection. Split with your partner. That was like three years later. Got it. Um, and then now you're running it. And I'd say now own. it's been another three years, maybe so three and a half, something like that. First year and a half with some serious footwork. Grinding. Michigan trips five time. times a year, going to Oregon, going to Colorado, just, you know, driving my car up and down California. Um, and doing what when you get there? I would go visit grows. I would go to every grow shop from, you know, all at every st- i've been to pretty much every grocery store in every state oh. like most of like the vast majority of them we've been wow. looking for a first smoke of the day tour guide dude let's go let's fucking we gotta go, go to, we, we gotta go to guy right here we gotta go to michigan dude yeah sign this up yeah well, shout out michigan michigan really uh i don't know what about like michigan really like took to power si um and they you know michigan's a big part of our company so shout out michigan yeah. Hell yeah. FSOTD. I'm ready to the Michigan fire for real. Yeah. Michigan has a lot of great pot. I'm ready. Yep. A lot Beautiful of good grows. Yeah. A lot Some of, of the best I've seen. Well, dude, you know, you, in Michigan, you can pick up like a, you know, uh, a nice house with like a 2,000 square foot barn for like 300K. You know, 
And you ain't raising probably horses. Not, probably not post-COVID, <laughs> but... Yeah, maybe not post-COVID, but... Yeah. No, nah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Michigan has, you know, they've had better caregiver laws than California's had, so they all... That's why you see, like, I call it Michigan-style growing. They all grow in, like, 10-gallon pots with cocoa. They run two plants of light. Those guys know how to max 72 plants, for sure. Yeah, I bet. And it's crazy because of conditions, you know? It's yep. like certain things i mean are they doing depths and sub mixed site facilities there's out that, there i mean a there's few of some them. people doing outdoor in Seasonal michigan place. but it's sketch like you could lose your whole crop in september just you know cra- out, early out of some craziness yeah they like get that. those same thing in oklahoma though yeah. dude these guys same I, thing in norcal dude, i'd be praying for my boys in oklahoma though like tornado comes through you know <laughs> like it's, it the crop's up, done. Right? you see a lot of basements in michigan every guy i know that yep. i follow has a uh, multiple i mean every basement in michigan's got to be like a UFO at this point. Well, just, I mean, imagine here if every house that you ever lived in came with a grow in the bottom below your house. You know what I'm saying? Like they have basements. Like we don't, you know, when in California, you rent a three bedroom house, you've got three rooms to work with and maybe you sleep in the living room. You know, in Michigan, yep. you get a basement. It's like, it's got a giant room built into the house already for you. Oh my God. Shout out to our first landlord. Our place actually had a basement <laughs> out no here in Arcadia. Wow. Yeah. Big yeah, shout big out. Big one, too. Good, like, <laughs> really? uh, yeah. yeah, like, good. That, that was the, the veg of, that was the veg of Blackleaf. That's, that's up. Unofficially, allegedly. Alleg- yeah, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, there was a bunch of stuff sitting in the corner, all the hydro stuff to set up the grow. And allegedly, when the plants landed, the everything got put together. Like, it was literally just waiting for plants, right? Yeah. Allegedly. Nice. Yeah. I like that. But dude, oh, yeah, I got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And I mean, you know that better than anyone. And that's why people stick I, with I you, bro. Like- I feel like you're one of us. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. And I really try and treat my customers uh, how I would want to be treated as a customer. But at this point, like all the customers are like my homies, you know, like I must talk to like, I don't know, a thousand dudes on Instagram who I feel like like I know them pretty well, you know, like and that's really cool. I think Instagram gives you like a a personal connection to your business, which is great. Uh, it also gives your customers a personal connection to your business, which can be rough sometimes, but yeah. you know, it's a blessing for sure to be, you know, have that, per- that human connection to your customers. You actually smoke cannabis too. Yeah. There's a lot of people that make products for cannabis that don't even consume it. Dude, there's a lot of people in the hydro industry who do not smoke weed. Yeah. Same thing. You know what though? It's the same thing. Or, or know about growing it. Yeah. Have any clue. I have a rough time with growers being like, oh, it's fire. And then they're like, they don't smoke though. I'm like, well, you don't, I'm sorry, but like, you don't know, you know, uh, I don't know. I think there's a difference when you have a relationship to the, like you can grow pot. Sure. If you don't smoke, if you don't smoke it, but when you smoke it and you really believe in it, it, there's like a per, you know, you have a relationship to that plant and that relationship carries through to the flowers. In my opinion, like there's an energy exchange when people, when you like really believe in growing the pot and you put your all into it and then someone smokes that, like, there's definitely like a, you know, some magic that happens, some magic that happens there for sure. It's the same with any garden, in- including like your grandma's garden in her backyard. who <coughs> yep. She used to have the best tomatoes or the best cucumbers. Same thing. It's because she would be out there every single day or every night. A hundred percent. I mean, you and you're like I said, again, I'll bring it up. You're one of us. You're you were out there. I mean, if anyone follows, you know, Power SI or before that straighter games dot yep. L.A., yeah, so how'd you how'd you get hooked up with uh Seth and shout out to Shade Organics, man? How did I get hooked up with Seth? Big Seth. Um I think we were just chatting on Instagram. My page was called City Boy Farms. 
What was it? City, City Boy, Boy Farms. Yeah. City you know, that's a funny. So hey, City Boys are yeah. up right now. So we, the first week we but were. you're not. That's what's yeah, funny. We were in Anza and we were talking to the first guy we were renting the property from. And we've never been there before. You know what I'm saying? So like we're out in the sticks and we're like, yo, how's, how's the trash man get back here? And he's just like, oh, City Boys. Like you guys don't like we go to the dump up here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So ever since now, we were City Boy Farms. Um, that's awesome. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we were just talking on Instagram and like, I wanted to kind of break into the hash world. Um, so I linked up with Seth and we, you know, worked together for a few years and it was great. You know, Seth's a solid dude and, uh, got, you know, we were running tons of papaya, which I think is like, the, we made waves with that strain, Straight you know? Up. Well, and you were guys doing the same type of grows. So yeah. it made sense that you would link up at that time because you were both crushing greenhouse runs seth really like so i was before i uh met seth i saw him doing the beds and we were running pots at the time and i was like damn i really want to try beds and when we switched to beds our game changed like we just started crushing what do you uh, think was the difference i think a lot of it is the lateral um like you, when you're in a bed your roots can just go is why like we would pull a root ball maybe and you'd connect. see the soil move eight feet away um so and then, you know, we were reusing the soil and the soil just kept getting better and better and better. Um, Composting, yeah. yeah, but something about those living soil beds, man, plants just rage in those things. And the roots are connecting together. There's something about that synergy. Yeah, I'm a hydro guy and I do believe in that even on that. I mean, I love what you're he, saying. Yeah, he's always been early and real keen into the hash game. Yep. We watched him do some crazy like chalice and yeah, for shout sure. out to the homie, man. Cause we seen him, you, you know, we seen him yep. just by, off a table, do some crazy numbers. You yeah. hundred percent. I, mean? oh, wow. I remember crazy. days like, you know, you'd be there. I'd be there. We Zen thought we did be, it big. And then we talked to him and we're like, damn. Yep. Zen would be there. Um, you know, and we were all crushing it. It was crazy. You know, the prop two fifteen days, I think that'll always be like a golden era for, you know, me and you and everybody else, like it was such a great time. And we're lucky we had it as long as we did is kind of the way I look at it now. Like, I wish we still had it going, but we're blessed to have had that whole era for as long as we did, you know, dude, Absolutely. a thousand percent. It's a memory that we'll never forget. Yeah, we got when lucky. the industry was at its core, what it really is. Oh, it was so awesome. Dude. It was a farm, <laughs> it was a farmer's market. Yeah, right, Rex? it was like that's we, what I we were doing in Malibu. Yeah, there was one like there was events everywhere yep. that it was just open table and i mean they 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 have them in the in the east coast and they have them other places now it's yeah. you know obviously i'm sure they're still happening here but it's not the same you it's know it's not the same at all so it's you know yeah that's how i envisioned weed being legal i was like dude we're gonna have farmers markets like you know and that's then how it should be open market but it's, i think we all knew when prop 64 was coming and they said it was for this when they said the words it's for the small farmer we should all been scared yeah. It, it's the opposite. Yeah, I hope so too. Just, but it seems like most of California can't grow. Yeah. You can't even smoke. There's no lounges. You can't right? even I can't like we couldn't even go do this podcast right now at a lounge yep. and at a not happening. Yeah. They want you to go buy your weed yeah. and then run home and smoke it in your bedroom by yourself. Yep. For well, sure. It's soon to be yeah, we won't even get into too much of that. Yeah. It'll change. I it think will. it'll get Time. better and better, yeah. but uh, they got to make it easier to get licensing. They have to open up licensing. There's a lot that has to happen. And, uh, you know, Paul, it's not going to move quick. They need to come talk what, to you. What other, <laughs> I would, dude, I would love to talk to them. What other markets do you see emerging? As far as legal like states going or yeah, like growing, grow wise? Um, I think the Michigan rec scene is going to be solid. Um, 
I don't know. It just depends, man. Every state, the, the the laws are so wacky and the way that they legalize these things make it so different. Like there's so many great growers in California who should be on the rec market and they're not. And, and it's because they can't, you know, either where they live doesn't allow it. Or, you, I mean, how much do you need to open up a rec facility in California? What about Couple where million. in the market? He's explaining where in the market is there a lack? Like you're saying you stepped in with Power SI. Oh, OK. What, where do you see any lacking in the market with in the hydro industry Yeah, or, or other industries around cannabis? I think in general right now, like the high, there's there's a million light companies. There's tons of nutrient companies. I don't see anything too innovative happening on that side, maybe with like some control stuff. But I think it's all pretty like we're pretty fancy these days. Ahead, you know? yeah. I think it's already as, ahead of the consumer. I think I think mm-hmm. as far as the rec market goes, I think there's a major lack in really high end pot that tastes great, tastes like it smells. Um, it's getting harder and harder to find good flowers. As I'm sure you guys are aware. Yeah. Shout out to the homie um, Tenko. They're about to pop that Zushi open. Yeah. There's that great thing flowers will be out next there. Next month. Alien Labs does great work. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 it exists. From Alien. Shout out to the big homie Ted because yep. you guys have been keeping it popping for a minute on the rec market, which is impressive. Yeah, shout I, out because it's really hard. They, yeah, but they're not on the rec market. No, he's talking, oh, he's talking yeah, rec market. Rec, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. And, and he's right. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it's that's you're talking about stuff that's hard to get to. Yeah, we can and only name two for even people that more, for, know, for even people that live in California though yeah. it's hard to get to and yeah it's a problem for the consumer you know for what sure I, mean? I think there's a lot of reasons behind it one it takes them too long to get their product to the shelf it needs to be opened up more like it needs to said. be opened up more and like you know i'm a big believer and i've been saying this for 10 years that i like fresh weed yeah i don't got, like i like a jar i like a fresh jar of weed you know i don't like yeah. it when it's been sitting for four months it doesn't taste the same no there's nothing like fresh weed as growers scale i think a lot of them change how they were growing to make it easier on them as far as irrigation goes but maybe didn't produce the same product i also think when you scale up this is something i had to learn and one of the great things about becoming a hash farmer is you got to like when you go from processing let's say it's pretty easy to process 20 packs when you got to go to when you go to processing 100 lights worth of weed it's a whole different thing and like you can't process the weed in the appropriate time you should to have perfect flowers. And I think that's something a lot of the comp, you know, as you're scaling, it's really hard to keep those processes the same. It's because an eight person team in the grow can normally manage what X amount of lights. Right. But when it's cut down time, you need 16 people because you need to be able to cut that down, clean it out, set yep. it back up. And they're saying, well, why would we need, what do we, how do we hire eight extra people, yep. you know, and, and then pay for them for one week? Yeah. And, and so what happens is they say, we're not gonna, and just like what you're saying, I, you know, it, it you're, you're right, bro. You're killing it with yeah. that. And then you're trimming the weed. That's, you know, they're still trimming five weeks after it's been dried, you know, and then it goes to testing and then it goes to packaging and then it gets, it goes to a, uh, uh, distro where, who knows if they're going to move the weed quick. And then by the time the consumer gets it, it's eight months old. And it's, you know, as far as we're concerned, it's already old and we don't want to smoke it. And that's why you see a bunch of wax and a bunch of infused products. Because, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, just being honest, you know, yep. it's, there's nothing better than just some good, clean weed. Yep. Yeah. The top smoke, even when it's old, I'll still smoke it. Yeah, and for still sure. Be like, it's good. It's good. But. A lot of the rec market stuff that I see and that I smoke, it tastes like nothing and it burns like shit. 
I think the new mids is really like back in the day, you would know something was mids when you looked at it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And now I, we'll see. They won't let you look at it now. Really? So it's like going I haven't to play, been to a so scratch offs <laughs> now. It's like playing scratch offs in yep. there. You know what I mean? Unless you really know, you got to look at the batch date. Yep. You want to look at the batch date and For then sure. you dial in which faci- which facility is this from. <laughs> Which that's how you kind of know the same place, which is, you know, that's a little hack for the consumer at uh, the California consumer, at least. Um, but it's it's hard to find for you know, sure. And then you'll find your spot. Right. And you're like, all yep. right, that guy drops. But it is hard to just find that on the market like that. You kind of got to know a grower. You got to know a homie that keeps for you sure. in the loop or, yep. you know, close to somebody that looks out for you and yep. lets you get it when it's fresh because. It's a totally different experience. Yeah. Or you stick with a company like once you've had some fire from For them, sure. you keep. But you're saying it's even pretty now. Yeah, go on that. I like that. I point think you were saying. there's a lot of weed that I see these days that looks really good. And then you go to smoke it and it just doesn't have the same like it doesn't taste like it smells. And I think that's due to you know, I don't really know what it's due to. I think a lot of it's scaling, though, and the weed just not getting treated the same as it does when someone has 12 lights. What's your what's your views and opinions on crop steering? I think if it's done Do hydro, I think if it's done perfectly, you might be okay. I don't have enough experience crop steering. I always say I steer quality, not crop, not the not quantity. Um, so it's just a different style of growing. Um, I think a lot of the time well, what, they're what you, overfeeding to make that happen. And I think it's pushing the plant too hard to where they're getting these crazy flower yields. But the quality is diminishing at that point. And it's not how I grow. Um, you know, I'm trying to grow as much resin as possible, uh, but hit, we still hit great flower weights, but that's not my focus isn't hitting crazy flower numbers. My, my focus is growing the best pot that I can, you know, and, and like with anything, you can overdo anything. Right? Of course. So people overdo the crops during overdo this, but you, I'm, with you, you just have happy, healthy plants and that usually produces the best quality yield and everything. <laughs> that's how I was taught. I mean, you know, there's different, there's a lot of different ways to grow and how I was taught was kind of like. You know, you read the plants, you adjust your feed kind of a thing. Like people are always like, oh, what's your runoff? I'm like, honestly, I've never Certain checked people it. Are <laughs> I've, I've never checked my, run- you know, it's just not how I grow. And you were crushing it. And, yep. you know, I mean, anyone can go back and see pics. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. We were doing great work in the greenhouses, man. Some of the best hash I've smoked in Thanks, Southern bro. California easily. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, dude. So then what? Where does it go with Power SI then, bro? If you don't mind jumping back into that. So your company's successful. And then companies start to hate. Yeah, you always get a little bit of that when you, you know, and you learn as you, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, like you're going to learn some, you're going to learn some lessons along the way. Um, you're going to get some haters, um, but that's okay. You know what I mean? It really is. Don't be mad when, like, if you're an entrepreneur, some of the best advice I can give you is like, don't be mad when you get hated on. They're just bringing you more attention. Um you know, and treat people the way you want to be treated, but you're going to get haters in any business when you reach a certain level of success. Your competitors are going to hate on you. They're going to talk shit. It just is what it is. And you know what? Don't say anything. Just let your product do the talking and, you know, let the product do the talking. You know, and that's what we do with Power SI. Like, there's a competitor I can think of, like, back, I'm thinking back like a few years, and they were just like talking all kinds of trash on Instagram. And like, you and the other homies would be like, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, and, you know, like, 
the product stood for itself and good luck finding that company on the shelves anymore. You know, <laughs> like, you well, know, they, you people know, don't want to see people don't want to see that. It was good for your company, though. They tested the product. They realized, yeah, there is nothing because it was working so well yep. for growers that they were suspicious about. Is there something, an additive in here that shouldn't be in here? Yep. And they pull it off the shelf. It's a great story, bro. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. They, they pull it off yep. the shelf. So you can't get power SI anywhere. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they test it. They go through everything. And your product just is great quality product. Yeah. So then they put it back on the shelves and all that hate. All it did was power and fuel your business. For sure. Because growers were seeing the difference in their garden. And then when the results come in and it says, mm -hmm. no, this is good product. It's just clean, quality, great product. Yep. There's no additives that shouldn't be in there. You win, bro. You won big time. Yeah, for sure. I, that So that story, it's kind of like an old school thing in the nutrient world. They were like, your competitors will call this like a state on you and be like, oh, they're putting bad stuff in the product, you know? <laughs> so, and it, you know, it's a, like, people have known about it for years. Like this stuff happens. Um, so when that happened, uh, I was really transparent about it. And I think that's people were like, damn, he's like being really open about it. Like most companies, I think, would have tried to hide. They wouldn't have been on Instagram for a month while it was happening. They would have just avoided it. And I was like, hey, this is what's going on. You know, they're going to test the product. It's going to come back clean and we're going to be back on the market. And I showed that whole process and people loved it. Transparency. Yeah, transparency is important for sure. What year was this? 2018. So recent. Yeah, three, three years, years ago. ago lost a lot of i mean that's a lot of hiccups that's a lot of but that's awesome honestly it didn't hurt us though like people just loved it more and more and you know what? like people <laughs> back on the shelf what was it like after that it was nothing changed like everything was cool yeah all the stores were like great let's get back to work you know no issue so lead us up when did things start paying off you know how many years do you think <sighs> i in mean this, shit. into this journey like be real with the people yeah, you like, know what i mean that they, they they think one to two years, but no. you know. If you're gonna start a company, I would plan on not paying yourself for at least two years. Minimum. And I would mi minimum. And I would say don't plan on paying yourself a lot until you've real like because even when you start making a little money, like you shouldn't be buying cars and buying, you know, fancy stuff fancy stuff you don't need. What you should be doing is putting all your money back into your business. Um, so like I, I would say by like year year four i was like all right cool like we're we're starting to crush and then like you know power si bloom dropped and i think that really put us on the map and i was like damn like i didn't even think my company could ever get this big this is crazy so it took five years yeah wow. five solid years until it was like really like i think at year five we were like well known in the hydro industry and people were like damn like power si is like really killing it how many years in did it take before a company started coming to you and saying are you interested in partnering? At yeah. <laughs> same time. Yeah. 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 And so you had a, if you don't mind telling the story, yeah, bit, for sure. You had a, a larger company come to you and say, uh, we love your product. Yeah. I had a few of them come to me. Um, and you know, I think like the, like the cannabis world, we're seeing the hydro world change too. And you're going to see a lot of change in the hydro industry over the next two years. I think the majority, I would say the majority of the companies who've, are pretty big have either already been bought or will be bought in the next 12 to 24 months um you just can't i mean what do you you can't fight the big the big dogs you know what i mean like it's either you team up with one of them or you're gonna eventually at some point get ran over unless you've got like some crazy ace up your sleeve um so it's just a matter of choosing who you want to partner with um you know and i chose Grogen and i still run the company and i'm still there every day and i'm still the face of power si and that'll never change that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And it's you're dope. a success story.
Yeah, thanks, bro. I appreciate it. How how how's it felt for you and and like your family to had you know had some sort of crossover you know success? Yeah, it's pretty crazy because like I never felt stable even like with Power SI just because like when you're growing you're like dude. I mean, I'm Off you know hustle. I'm sure you guys know like you're, it's happened to you too. Like I've lost everything like several times for where i'm like i gotta borrow money from someone to pay bills you know what i mean so to like finally have like that security for me and my family was just like it's the most incredible you know it's such a giant weight off your shoulders you know and i got a kid coming so you know i got other things i want to do and focus on too and Congrats, uh, thanks, man. Congrats, Congrats yeah. yeah, that's fine. Thanks, man. Girl. Boy, Woo-hoo. yeah, we're stoked. I do. Yeah, he's already on half a mil. Rex <laughs> Junior, Junior, boy. Yup, that's awesome. Like yeah, talk to us about your hobbies and stuff, and what you like to do on your day to day. Because outside, before the episode, you know, I was drawn to the <laughs> the, the warehouse part. Yep. This beautiful sound, and I'm like, what is this? And you're in the back of your Subaru. <laughs> With your legs crossed, and what are you playing? I'm playing a handpan. A uh, handpan. Yeah, so it's and kind it of insane. Like you thanks, killed, dude. you you were killing <laughs> what, whatever you knew what you were doing, yeah. and whatever oh, you were doing, wow. it sounded amazing. Thanks, dude. It's so, it yeah. really drew me in for you know as long <laughs> as you did it. Handpans are really cool instruments. It's kind of like uh, I would say it's for sure like a hippie instrument. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've been playing. Uh, you know, it's funny. I got it the day before they announced the first lockdown. So it was like, wow, it was like divine timing. You know what I'm saying? Like I literally get an instrument and the next day the government's like, guess what? You guys can't leave your house. We should have brought you. I'm, impre- right I'm, in- I'm, I'm, I'm impressed uh, because I, I thought you were playing. I thought you'd been playing for a while. I played drums when I was a kid. Okay. Um, so I kind of had good. like, I kind of really had like, good. I understood yeah. like basic beats and rhythm and stuff like that. Um, I was going to bust a freestyle. <laughs> oh, man. If you do that, we got to get that. On yeah, I was going to bust a freestyle. I was like, man, where's Cody at? Yeah. We got to get that. We got to get the camera out here, man. <laughs> yeah. And then I had some friends who taught, you know, would teach me like, you know, I through Zen extracts. Actually, he was like, hey, my boy makes handpans. And I was like, dope. So like, I met up with him and he started teaching me stuff. Um, Shout yeah. out Zen. Zen extracts. The big homie. Yeah. Dab right. Killing it. Planet Hash let's, too, let's man. Let's get yep. a dab right. Yeah, I was blessed to work with so many great hash makers in SoCal. Right now, I'm working with Trilogy. Uh, yeah, how'd you meet that boy Bobby, the Magic Dragon? How, how did you meet the Magic Dragon? I don't know how I met Dragon. Trill. We were, <laughs> we were texting. like We were just DMing on Instagram, and then we finally met up one day. And I've been pretty much only working with Bobby for the last year. He's a blessing, isn't he? Dude, he's such a G. He's a blessing. <laughs> he's, he's such a blessing. So he's yeah, a blessing. Uh, we're actually starting a new brand together. That'll be uh, out in the next couple weeks. What? Yeah. Drop awesome. that bomb real quick. Yeah. Wow. So you guys will see it in the next couple of weeks. We'll On the wreck market? No, nah, not quite yet, but okay. that's, you know, hopefully okay. eventually. Uh, it's coming though. It's coming eventually. It's hopefully. We need to see that. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, I'm working on some projects in Michigan that hopefully come to fruition this year too with Divergent Flowers, which I'm really excited about. He's one of the most epic growers ever. Super cool dude. That sounds divergent. Fire. We gotta go check that flowers. out. Yep. Let's take the whole family out there. Yeah, we gotta go to Michigan. Go tour Michigan yep. and 
show us the right way. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, playing handpans. Uh, I love the beach. Uh, you know, reading books, yoga, hippie stuff, you know? The older I get, the more hippie I become. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like but it's true. But you're like a smart entrepreneur. That yeah, I think so. Uh, real motivated you you kind of downplay it and you sped up the story for sure but like you know to be going around and giving out the product by hand making relationships and putting in all that effort like there's a there's a there's a craft to that there's an art to that for sure you're able to adapt and and grow and climb in different environments yeah business is all about relation it's all about having a quality product it's about building relationships with people and i also think it's like the act of like when your customer gets more from your product than you do, that's when you win. And that's when your company's going to start like expanding, you know, added value, added, added value, value for sure. Yeah. And I think people knew I was a grower and they were like, damn, like I could support some random company or I could support like a real grower who is out here trying to make products that he wants to use in his own garden. That's how I felt. And that's how a lot of people I yeah. know felt, bro, that you're one of us. And if you're a real one, you support people that are like you or that are trying to make the the their life that yeah. pivot, man. To watch you pivot the way you did, it's it's the literal success story for cannabis. You went from being, you know, one light to a success story in the industry that owns a quality product too, not a sellout quality, pro- a real great quality yeah. product, bro. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Honestly. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Is there a secondary? Are you just? waiting for what i'm interested in next or you know what's the next entrepreneurial <sighs> yeah vibe? i don't know i know i'll do something else uh i kind of want to do something outside of this world mm. um as much like i'll always be involved in this world but i want to prove to myself that i can do like this is all i've ever done like from 18 till 34 you, it's you want to do, do some normal people shit not even normal people <laughs> shit. yourself you can yeah. do a normal people company yeah i want to start a different company outside of the hydro industry eventually um i'm not sure what that'll be doing yet but i know it'll come to me at some point um yeah i'm not sure what it'll be but it'll be something dope yeah hell yeah yeah man what about products for power si things you're rolling out yeah i'm working what's 2022 looking like uh, we have a new version of original coming out uh, it's four times stronger than our current version. Um, Damn. Yeah. So we've been working on that for a while. We have a new version of Power SI Bloom coming out. I'm working on a root product and a couple other things that'll be out sometime in 2022. Some microbial products and stuff like that. So, but like I said, I like to take my time. I don't want to put out something that's like another Me Too product. I want to put out something that I'm like, I only want to use this in my garden. I don't want to use someone else's product. You know what I'm saying? That's really important to me to like test the products. You know, and make sure that they're really the best product in their, you know, class of product. How does that process work for you? You got to grow. That's I mean, you just got to grow. Go. And then you test it per harvest. Yeah. So usually you've got to wait on the harvest or like, how are you? So it depends on the product, right? Like if it's a root product, it's pretty easy. You take cuts, right. you've added, you check the roots against your side by sides. So usually kind of the process is, is like I'll run the product. And then once I'm in like, I'm like, OK, this product is rad. Like, I love it. I'll give it to like eight people who I really trust and I who are my homies and I know who they'll tell me they'll be like yo Fair this group. is the shit or like hey this product isn't it's okay but it's you know like I need that real honest feedback um so that's kind of been my process it takes us like two to three years to make a product not like a lot of you know a lot of brands do it and they'll drop a whole line in six months and then have four more products six months later you know what i'm saying and you're not talking success you're saying from infancy of thinking of the idea to having a product 
hitting the market two years, two to three years, two yeah. to three years, and and a lot of money. Could you? Yeah, not too bad because okay. like we just tested him. Like I said, we'll just test it in my garden first. Um, and then you know Yours. a few of the homies. They, you, you know, the only thing I'm risking is my garden, really, my, my the weight of my crop, really. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And nothing's ever been like super detrimental. Yeah, I got one or two like stories where I'm like, shit, that sucked. Uh, but um, I would like to dive into something deep, man. And that's could we go into some hash making? Yeah, and for can sure. We go into some. I love strains? talking. I, I always talk about. You don't mind? I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just. About, I want to. I want to. Yep. I gotta. I gotta get in it because I know. I know you're. I know you're, you're the guy that knows more than anybody because you've been hands on in the garden. You've seen hash numbers. You've seen. You've worked with multiple guys that are at the top of the industry hash yep. makers like Planet Hash. Shout out the homie. Jake, I mean, you're the man. Uh, yeah, Bobby Trill. Yeah, I mean, Zen, Zen extracts. Boom. Um, I mean, geez. Yeah, those are like my that's three so main. in a nutshell for Rosin. Those are my three. Like, those are the guys I worked with the most over my like cultivating for hash for sure. Could you talk about the like strains though? Like, what? What? I'm sure you at first you're like, well, we just wasted all this and got back two grams oh, of rosin. Like, dude. talk us through, and then once There's you get to that. washers. Yeah, because it was for was it live resin at first? Out of we were doing both, and I, you know, that was a blessing because most strains don't make hash. So you started with just making flowers, and then everything we would going, just be wax. Yeah, we were going, you know, we were going for flowers, and then um, the first time I fresh froze a garden, uh, the long basically we thought we were going to get chopped. We got flown for like forty five minutes. <laughs> so we chopped the whole garden early. We rented a house three hours away in Big Bear. And we took everything to Big Bear and we filled the garage up with freezers. And then we like we a got rental or yeah, yeah. Airbnb. Okay. We Airbnb the hey. house. Um and then <laughs> such a great story. So you haven't been on the other side that long. Yeah. <laughs> I and, love a good Airbnb yeah. trap story. So uh we got rid of like a lot of the fresh frozen got handled, and then we also got robbed for maybe like a third of it by just some dude. Um, the hash maker yeah yeah uh, sounds that always, yeah how does this that always happen before zen and all those other yeah, guys yeah so yeah just so way before guys, that way no, before that but, but yeah but that's you know that when, you, when you start growing for hash you really need to learn to like you need to meet these people you need to trust them see um, where they live yeah sure they Unf- say unfortunately it. make sure yeah. they're not on drugs yeah yes make sure they're not on drugs except yeah. for weed that's it. <laughs> i mean honestly that's yeah, it. no, it's for not sure. a drug. yeah but and so, so you, so at first it's flowers and you're making bread or whatever, but then I know how different it is when you, when the solventless market hits, bro. Can yeah. you talk about like what the, the jump is or what the differences yep. are? So, well, one, you're going to see a lot of strains that you think will wash because they have a lot of resin on the plant that aren't going to wash. Um, they're going to make good BHO, but they're not going to make hash. It's very specific trichomes that make hash. Um, you say hash, you mean bubble hash that's then bubble, pressed into yeah, rosin. Yeah, bubble hash is going to get pressed into mm-hmm. rosin. Um, and so you're looking at all these beautiful, smelly strains, and they're making zero rosin. A hundred percent. So you definitely, you know, you're going to take losses. Uh, eventually, you kind of learn like what kind of resin you're looking for, uh, and you want like a a sandy resin for hash rosin. You don't want something greasy. If it's greasy, it's going to tend to uh, the trichomes are going to burst in the bag, and it's not going to yield any hash. So when you touch the plant, if it yeah. feels smooth and greasy, yeah. you want sticky. Yeah. So a trick I do, uh, I forget who taught this to me, but it pretty much works for me. It, it, it works. So you take a black glove, it weeks seven of flour, you put it on, you go up to a flower, you squeeze it, and then you look at the glove. And if you can see intact trichome heads, chances are you've got a washer. 
if it's greasy on the glove, like it looks like, you know, there's like a little bit of like Vaseline on there almost, or like, you know, like a little greasy look, it's not going to make hash. So you're looking for the sandy particles you're looking on that glove that still look like full intact trichome sands exactly. versus a just glaze. Uh, exactly. Oh, wow. And that trick yeah. saved me. I don't know how much money. And um, so did you ever get into jar tech as well, where you that, would shake the jar? No, I never did jar tech. The glove test always worked for me. And that's to the point now where um, I can just kind of tell by feeling the resin. Once you've done it enough, like you can touch a plant and you know if it's going to wash. You can touch a plant right now and you can tell us oh, that's going to wash or not. You know, I'm not saying percentage, but not you're percentages, say, but like, yes, it will be worth money sure. or not. Yeah. And I think most most people who grow for hash can probably do that at some point. You touch enough plants and you get that, you know, just like anything, you, you start to get an understanding. What's it feel like? Uh, sandy. Sandy. Mm -hmm. Between your fingers. Yeah. And what else are you like looking sandbags. for? Yeah. Size of heads. Size um, of heads. Larger, you know, obviously larger heads are better. So you put a small microscope and you actually look at the heads <laughs> yep. and you're looking for larger head to calyx ratio or larger yep. head to stem ratio. Exactly. Interesting. Yep. And then time of harvest comes into play too. Like when you're going for flowers, you want to take it as long as you can. When you're going for hash, there's like a window there. So like when the flowers are ripening, the, the resin will peak. Like it'll get to like a peak size. And then once the trichomes start to turn amber, they get smaller. The actual head of the trichome starts to get a little smaller and then your hash will come out darker. So there's like a fine, you know, every strain has a window. And so what's the normal window before they go amber, but, but <laughs> for, when they're already cloudy? For me, it's typically like five to 10 days before I'd harvest for flower, depending on the strain. Some strains like papaya, like we pull it like best papaya yields day 42 to day 45. Like wow. super early. I need that cut. Uh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I yeah, did. no, for sure. I need that cut. Uh, so you, you're learning this as you're going and you're cutting out sections of greenhouses and saying, well, that was a loss. Yeah. I mean, that was happening a lot for sure. We were forced at the time. Everybody was doing live so resin. The glove tech down. Yeah. I, know, right? I didn't know the glove tech until a couple years in. That's what I'm saying. But like you would get cuts from people and then like, you know, you'd run, you'd do tests, you know, you would give it to somebody and they would fortunately like they would do both. So they would run like a couple thousand grams live resin, a couple thousand grams live rosin, and then we would start to kind of learn together. See you know, what. you really got to like develop that relationship with the hash maker if you, you know, because they're it, that they're really your partner, basically. Like you're giving them all your material and trusting them to give you back all that work. You know what I'm saying? You spent thousands and you spent months and you're giving them all of that and you're saying, please don't rob me and yeah. treat me fair because yeah. I'm going to make you potentially tons and tons of money yeah for sure and i was blessed to have you know like three big guys i mentioned that were all just amazing to work with so that makes a huge difference wow man shout out to all the people to keep it real in business for real because that's the only real way to succeed for sure you got to have a team behind you and you got to put you know in relationships like you say that yep. you talk somewhat lightly on it but that's heavy yeah your story because you you've had the right relationships for the right things for sure um what was it like when you had Grojian step into the situation for you structure wise and like accessibility wise, maybe, or like, how did it change for the company? Anything, Honestly, nothing or? really changed. And that was big for me. Like, yeah. all, like when I still run it, how you wanted yeah, to do it. Like they, I run it. How What's I your wanted. style of, of doing business? Um, like I said, just have good products, be really nice to people. 
and great customer service. Like those three things. I mean, biz, it's not that complicated. Any business, yeah. none of it's that complicated. It's just, just managing a team, just managing it. Power SI runs with a small crew. Like, yeah, you said it's a lot of friends and family in your, in your, in your crew or that was for the farm. Got um, it. you hired. Yeah. So for the farm, it was like one of my real close friends and my wife primarily for the, you know, for those main years. Um, for Power SI, how did it Power work out? Power SI, All I had the a, team members and everything. How did you build that? Yeah, so I had um, one employee who came with me from a previous place that I worked, and she's been with me for, gosh, five or six years. Shout out Joanna. Uh, she uh, keeps my life in check for sure. Um, yep. So she's been with me forever, um, and now her sister works for the company. And then I hired a rep firm. So basically, like that's really common in other industries. Uh, it's like a rep firm. So like. In the snowboard industry, like uh, the rep firms will like represent Burton and they'll go to all the shops and versus right. the distributors, they only carry a few products and they're out there really working. So that was a great move for me. Um, and they did a great job for me. So, yeah, we have six reps on the road and then, you know, three people in the office and that's it. Man, where where that's do fire. you think so? So where do you think cannabis is going now? Like, I know you're a smoker of flour and hash. So I, when you started, it was, I, I obviously go right back into the weed questions. <laughs> I'm sorry. But when it was, when it, it was, you were doing like strawberry guava and all that, then where, where's it going, man? Like where, where do we got forward? Is it gas now? Where are we going? I don't know. I think for hash, like there's never, uh, you'll find when you start growing for hash, that like a lot of strains don't like a lot of fla like flavor profiles don't typically wash. Gas is one of them. Like, it's very hard to find a strain that's gassy that washes. Uh, they exist, but there's not that many of them. Uh, lemon <laughs> strains don't wash typically. Uh, grape strains, there's some that wash now. Um, but I think the market wants... The hash market's different than the flower market, too. You know, like, that's one of the cool things about being a hash grower is you can grow, like, basically any flavor profile you want, and the market will love it. Versus flowers... You have to grow whatever people want to smoke for the next six months. You know what I'm saying? Like right Ooh, now, everybody like wants this. Wow. when you grow for hash, you can grow, you know, any flavor profile and people will love it. When you grow for like right now, flowers seems like everyone wants purple weed only, you know, it's 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 selective. It's very selective. You're right. And with hash, you can kind of make your own mixes and i don't know yeah you can mix strains too and people are like cool Turbo, it smells great it smells like this one smells like strawberries this one smells like yeah like people don't care man wow that's a big drop of knowledge you just put some people on because i feel that personally i know a bunch of growers do that's huge man yeah what you just said there that like if you're having a hard time with your garden right now or you're not getting the numbers i mean there's a pivot for you right Run there shit run that shit find it but the relationship over anything like 100 percent. you ever done collabs where you mix your strains with other grower stuff or anything like that we did that once uh with zen and then um it was zen washed it i grew papaya and we mixed it with socal dank and knockout farms piho uh we actually entered uh ego ego clash with that like three or four years ago that's crazy yeah. any luck no wow but it was good it was yeah. fire eagle Clash. i mean there's a lot of great hash of that competition for sure right? it's the best of the best in the yeah 100 percent. yeah man what's your favorite you've done so far favorite <laughs> hash flavor. what's the favorite flavor you produce so far oh, papaya will always have like a a real special i mean i love smoking like i like fruity terps so like papaya straw guava I, we were really known for the straw guava number 10 that was a cut we ran really hard for years um i love skittles 
Uh, I like all the fruity stuff. Straw Nana, like I still love Straw Nana. It's hard. It, I don't see it around as much anymore, but mm, a good Straw Nana hash rosin is delicious. Those are all potent too. Mm-hmm. Everyone you named is a strong potent I strain. Feel, yeah, the papaya I feel like is kind of a weird plant because like you can almost like use papaya for anything you want. You know, like you could go to sleep yeah. on it. You could wake up on it, which is really cool. A lot of strains I don't feel like that. I'm like I can't smoke this right now. You know. Yeah. It took the strawberry uh, banana place. Strawberry banana had the crown for potency with a ton of turps yep. and papaya came in and kicked its ass right off the throne. Yeah. Just to be honest. And now papaya is number one. Yeah. But like papaya would make horrible flowers. I would like, I've, I've only I, seen I've it yet to have good papaya flowers. I don't think it exists. I think there's a lot like honey banana is a strain that like I'm in love with right now. If you see the flowers of it, you're like, what is this? Really? Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of like a lot of uh, good hash strains don't make great flowers. Yeah. See, and that's tough because oh, you have to game. grow for one or the other. You can't grow for both. You can't say, you oh, c- I'm going to take my tops and do this because all the strains you name that are great washers are not great flower strains. When's the last time you saw straw nana flowers? Since we grew it uh, six years ago. Yeah, seven years and like ago. it's just never like papaya flowers don't come out right. Well, like before. a lot of stuff just doesn't and I come. I grew those. I bred with it. You yeah, know, it it's hard to get it to transfer to taste. Yeah, so. it's, you know, just every strain's different, you know? So is there any strains that you think the flower is just as good as the hash? Ah, uh, that's a tough Ooh, one, man. Just you thinking this hard Malibu pure kush. That was one we did for a while. Dude, the Malibu makes great hash. And the it's obviously it's amazing flowers. flowers. Yeah. Malibu pure kush. Malibu pure kush. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, wow. Motor breath. That's another one. Motor breath is a great hash strain. Also makes great flowers. Gassy. Both of those are super gassy. Yep. I'd like to see like more. Uh fruit gas combos and hash but i haven't really seen it like a like a skittlesy gassy strain i know that's real popular for flowers right now we don't really have that in the hash world i don't think is that where you think it's going i'm sure i mean people always want that you know skittle skittles terps are i don't think are ever going to go away thank Uh, god that's candy yeah it's candy it's so good that's candy and now that with motor breath and you got a winning combo for sure and there's so many great breeders these days too a lot of people are breeding for hash and you can find you know uh there's so many great flavors for growers these days like shout them out Who, uh, who's doing good work for that you've bred or you know run their stuff i mean there's so many bloom, bloom, bloom seed, seed co, co. Um, shout out harry palms yeah um oni seed co shout out oni the collabs yeah. with you know raw genetics uh the masonic yeah i've never ran a, i've some- never ran any masonic gear but i would like to um who's the straw guava from bloom wow yep um and then same with papaya no, papaya. I don't know where the papaya came from. That's an old school strain, right? I think it's like an old like Nirvana or like not maybe not Nirvana. You, you, I think you're right. Maybe it's some old school Dutch. Shit it's like some old school Dutch stuff. Yeah. Wow. Um, who else is reading? A surfer has some great stuff for hash. Um, yeah. Shout out to him out of Oregon. Yeah. Where's the blueberry at? Yeah. The blueberries fire. Blueberry turps don't wash. <sighs> Never sense. seen it. Yeah. Makes sense. See, this is the thing, though. That's why we need BHO to come back, because there needs to be both markets simultaneous. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've been saying this because what happens is now Bring we it all back. are 80% back. of growers are growing just for because you ha- like you said, you have to pick one or the other. You're watching for hash or flour. It's not both. Yeah, because you just sit there and you couldn't even pick one that was good for both. Yeah. So. It's one or other. So now you got 60, 70% of growers who would rather just run washers, which I get. Yeah. But now we're running all the same flavors opposed to having everyone like when we would do those farmers markets, 
here's our blueberry, here's this, here's that. And all these growers would have all these different products and you'd be able to literally pick a hundred different kinds of hash up. Yeah, for Don't sure. You miss that a little I bit? do miss that. Yeah. Um, luckily, I still have access to, you know, all, all kinds of great hash from all kinds of people. <laughs> do you see his backpack? <laughs> this dude's <laughs> the hash guy supreme. He went from, pa- I mean, he just he did smokes. an LA run, man. But that's why I want to talk to, that's why I try to tell people, like, you really smoke and you care about the terps. Like, when you're yeah. creating Power SI, you were literally like, this has to make weed better. I'm not, I'm not 100%. selling some bogus product. Yeah, no, 100%. That was never so my, I think intention behind things are really important. And I think, you know, that's what made power size so successful was like, I just wanted to make products that made people's gardens better. That's it. You know, nothing. And it does. And it does. Yeah. hundred percent. Man. Absolutely. We know many that would say the same and do say the same that have already came on and we haven't even asked to mention I, dude, anything that's been so cool. and they all know the product yep. and everyone's cool with it and everyone's cool with you. And that's really dope. And I yeah, admire for sure. that. I mean, you guys you have- and the way, you know, it was dope. We got to have dinner at a uh, Nobu right yeah. there. Thanks to the homie Trill. Yeah. You know what I mean? And <laughs> thanks to you, yeah. you treated the bill and you're just a stand up dude. Thanks bro, dude. I real. appreciate you guys too. That's one of the cool, you know, this, even this show, like I, uh, you linked me up with low key. Which is dope. Loki's pumping out amazing work, amazing quality. Yeah, shout out that boy Loki, uh, man. Smoking. Cheers. Yeah. Smoking. Yeah. And then uh, I linked with Sherbinsky from the show, which has been super cool. It's cool when people are on here. I'm like, I don't even know these guys use the product. And then they hit me up and they're like, dude, we use Power SI. I'm like, this is so rad. You know, that's the big homie. Yeah. He embraced this from the jump, man. Yeah. And then, big yeah. Dog shirt. Yeah. He linked yeah, me up with uh, G Crim Nature. Uh, they're yeah. the ones who are working on psilocybin legalization. So I'm do- helping them out with some stuff, doing some fundraising stuff for them, which is kind of like a passionate thing for me. That's I fine. think that's your that's next fine. pivot, in my opinion. Yeah. It's def- just, just from knowing it's, you. It's definitely something um, that I'm a big believer in. And that might be something that I try and do something in that world. We'll see what happens with the legal framework of it. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see myself doing something with that. Absolutely. It's a passion of yours, and I and and yep. anything that's a passion of yours, I see how it how it goes. Yeah, so. with any business, you know, do, you got to do what you love, and I think it's the often authenticity is so important when you're starting a business. Absolutely. Like you need to be your customer, you know, like yeah, yeah. you need Consume to be your product. You need to be your first customer, and you need to, you, you know, that's the best way I can put it. Like if you don't need the product, why are you trying to sell it? Because you're not. It's not. There's no authenticity there. You're not going to be excited about it. If you, know? you wouldn't use it. Why would you be selling you can't it? Sell it? Exactly. So you literally were like, man, there's a, I need this in my garden. I need this product. Yep. And like, I'm going to fulfill this demand. A hundred percent. Whoosh. They say that's the best inventions. The best inventions in the world are from necessity. Yep. Yeah. I think you got to, you know, you have to be your first customer unless you're like some genius who can make like, you know, I don't know, some widget or you know like some random little piece of metal that's you know they need 10 million of them in Paper the world clips. exactly something yeah. like exactly i feel like most of that's already taken yeah a lot well, of it we're is. getting into the there's tech, always there's the tech scene so it's, yeah. it's opening up it's going crazy for sure the Crypto cannabis NFTs, industry everything's going crazy right yeah. now there's a lot of kids out there that so are, i'm still trying to wrap my head around that world yeah there's a lot of kids out there that are getting richer than we ever would have dreamed of for sure there's it's so crazy. much room still in cannabis too, to f- like all around cannabis, not saying growing it, not even touching the plant. Yeah. There is so much room. Like, look at you, man, you're a success story. And y- you know, you come from the grow space, but you were able to do something that is around cannabis and, and crush it, bro. And I, I hope more growers take that lead. It was for sure. Honestly, I think about you weekly. Thanks, man. Your story and your, it's unbelievable. man. Yeah. I hope, you know, start a company, go, you know, find what you're passionate about and make it better. 
and get to work. That's all. That's all you got to do. You know, get to fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any last things you want to leave them with, bro? Um, Put us on when you're uh, starting a company. Always plan for, you know, uh, bumps in the road. Uh, it's not going to be easy. The haters will come. Uh you know, always be authentic about what you're selling. Don't sell something you don't want to. Uh, don't go spending all your money real quick because that'll come back to get you for sure. Um, you know, and just keep it real always. I think that's the best advice I can give to anyone starting business, you know? Absolutely. Keep it fucking real. Yo, appreciate you. Appreciate man, you guys. For Thanks for having me on. Rex, Power SI, man. It's episode 34, first smoke of the day. We're out. Best silica ever. <laughs> shout out Power SI, man, all day. Yo, what's up, First Smoke family? Just want to take a few seconds to shout out some special partners of the show. Make sure you guys go check out Grow Generation, the largest hydroponic retailer in the nation, over 60 retail stores, growgeneration.com. They also carry some awesome products there. Blackleaf, tell them a little bit about our next sponsor, Power SI. This is what I use in my garden. This is what the best growers in the country are using. This is what the best growers in the world are using. For more information on our partners, click in the description below. We're going to include all the links, all the information, everything you guys need to know to get down with any of these companies. Shout out to Grow Generation, Power SI. We appreciate you guys. First Smoke family forever. Hey, what up? It's Blackleaf. I'm here to talk about one of the sponsors for First Smoke of the Day podcast, AthenaProducts.com, Athena Nutrients. If you want to see some of the premier growers in the country who rock Athena products, check out Athena.ag on Instagram, and you can see everybody who rocks with Athena. First Smoke of the Day podcast, Athena Plant Nutrients. Yo, Jungle Boys have been playing with fire since 2006. Pioneer cultivators based out of Los Angeles. You can find their product at TLC Collective in LA. For more info, go to jungleboys.com and follow at Jungle Boys on all platforms. Welcome to the jungle. What up, First Smoke of the Day fam? It's Blackleaf here to talk about one of our sponsors for First Smoke of the Day podcast, and that's NeptuneSeedBank.com. They got one of the most wide range of seeds on the internet, everything from boutique craft farmers all the way to the big breeders we've all heard about. If you want to see Blackleaf seeds and some of the other best seeds on the internet, check out NeptuneSeedBank.com.